she is appointed to the Rajya Sabha, which is the upper level of Indian parliament. And she's named the Minister of Information and Broadcasting. So this is like 1964. We aren't even 20 years past their independence. And she's a woman who is like quickly climbing the ranks politically. So she's kind of a big fucking deal. I was reading about like what other people in politics thought about her at the time and a lot of people thought that she was going to kind of be easy to manipulate. They called her like behind her back and, and well in, in public as well they called her like the dumb doll. Oh my um, gosh. She's also criticized for having authoritarian tendencies. <laughs> She's in office, and by 1969, she decides she wants to nationalize the country's banks. A lot of the elders in the party are like, um, we want to get her out. But instead, she rallies a new faction of the party with this really populist stance. She wants to nationalize a lot of the industries in India, and she really wants to, and she has a great message about really helping the poorest population. <laughs> Oh, me. It's you. Hi. Welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and badass and interesting women in history. I'm Sam Eggers. I'm Sarah Gorski. And I'm Justin Xavier. And today, you guys, I'm so excited and also really nervous um, because I might mispronounce some names, but I'm super excited to talk to you about Indira Gandhi. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. Exactly. Is, is she related to the Gandhi that I know? She is not. And that's no a good relation. question. No, no relation. However, her father was friends with the Gandhi that you know. Uh. But uh, no, no relation. I know it's a little confusing. The man that she married, his last name was Gandhi, but he also was not related to okay. Mahatma Okay, so it's a common last name. Yeah. I so, didn't know. So all, I know she, all I know about her is that she's an incredible politician. Yes. In India. Exactly. But I don't I don't know the specifics, Sam, so You know, and I'm I was embarrassed as I learned more about her to realize I how little I knew about her. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept encountering things and being like, Oh wow, I should have known that. Oops, didn't know that. She's just one of those names that you hear and you're like, Oh right, that's a woman I kind of know who she was in history, but not really. But now I'm going to tell you. And now you're going to know. Okay. So Indira Gandhi, she was the third prime minister of India. Third ever. Yes, third ever. And she's the first female prime minister of India. Okay. Yes. And so the first prime minister of India was her father whose name is Jawaharlal... Oh, God. I f- see? It's see? Okay. See? Already, sweating. Go. Sweating. Jawaharlal <laughs> Nehru. And I'm sure I butchered that in my apologies. Um, and so she was born on November 19th, 1917 in Allahabad, India. And so, yes, her father was the prime minister of India, but when she was born, he was not. He became uh, prime minister in 1947 and he was prime minister through 1964 wow. and so and before he was prime minister After imperialism fell is exactly that... and he was one of the chief figures in india's movement to establish independence and so while she was growing up he would be imprisoned for periods of time and sort of absent and so as a result she would uh she was sent off to schools in sort of all over the world so she uh, studied in india she studied in switzerland she also studied in uh somerville college in oxford for a while and so she grew up with her father obviously being really politically involved and she from a very young age showed sort of interest in the movement and interest in politics and so there's a famous story about her finding out that her favorite doll was made in England and so she like burns it to like, get oh, rid of the man, doll that's awesome. she was diehard right um from, from the get-go, from the get-go. Mm-hmm. um I never did that I was never 
I never burned any of my toys, but I thought about it. <laughs> what did they do to deserve being burned? I don't know. I think it's like the fascination of fire. Like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. Like, no, I said this... I set a bunch of dolls on fire for a movie that we made in high school. <laughs> we we wanted to have a character like explode, but we didn't have special effects, so we just cut directly from the actor like about to explode to a doll being set on fire and just cut right to that and we're like hopefully they'll know that that's did it turn out great <laughs> it looks atrocious it looks like it's clearly a doll i i feel like we need to see this movie i've it, got it we can watch it after this she sounds like i mean not to throw back to other broads who came after her but it's she sounds like the predecessor to greta turnberg <laughs> like, like she sounds like the young like, light my doll on fire, bitches. Yeah, like, from the get-go, she really was involved and um, really, really showed an interest. And was she was really, really close to her father. Also, um, her mother died of tuberculosis in 1936. So she's still, she's pretty young then. That's 19 when her mom died. Mm. Oh, that's so she ends up, she's very, very close to her father. And so she ends up getting married to who I was telling you about, um, the gentleman who, you guys, is so embarrassing. I wrote his last name down, but then autocorrect changed it and so now i don't know what his first name is oh no hold please autocorrect edit this out okay um so she ends up marrying a gentleman named feroz gandhi in 1942 and when they get married it's kind of a huge scandal um and that's because uh she is hindu and he is parsi and their mixed marriages at the time didn't happen and on top of that this is not an arranged marriage And at this time, it was sort of, uh, it was very rare and kind of unheard of to not have an arranged marriage. So this is sort of a, it's a, it's a really big deal. How did they meet? You know, I'm not sure how they met. Was he also activated politically? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think that's how they met. Must have been in someone, one of their meetups. And apparently Mahatma Gandhi, actually, there was such an uproar about their marriage that apparently he came out and said, we should support their marriage. Everyone calm down. Like they should be able to get married. That's cool. So, hey, that's kind of a nice thing. Um, But unfortunately, it was a really shit marriage. Uh So. uh, But she kept the name. Yeah. So they have two sons. But he cheated on her a lot, Ugh. and um, they were really, really estranged, estranged, and partly because, well, not partly because, but this, I'm sure this didn't help, is that she, um, Indira at the time, she's traveling all over the world with her father. She's sort of helping him as, like, a political liaison mm-hmm. um, while he's prime minister, and so they don't spend a ton of time together. And so they stay married, but um, they marry until his death in 1960. And the whole time, it's not a very good marriage. So that'd be interesting to be like, well, you know, we're not going to go the arranged marriage route, but we Mm -hmm. still are not going to divorce. Yeah, (laughs) we're still just going to hang on. That part we still believe in. It's interesting. I don't don't even know how well divorce is accepted in Indian culture to this day. I'm not sure. I don't know. I have no idea. Do you guys know? I have no No. idea. In general, I think divorce, generically speaking, wasn't... I don't think, like, in that era, I don't think... Yeah, it sounds like that would have been a scandal. I think around the 50s and 60s is when... People started to go, like, Especially, like, early 1900s, yeah, right after colonialism. Yeah, and especially... Seems like you still have some of those ideas. If you're sort of an, uh, like, she's an upper-crust family, that's probably really would be looked down upon if they divorced. Yeah. Marriage is always more important to the upper-class people. Totally. As, as like, a power... And it always seems like they're like, oh, well, we'll just stay together and be miserable. Yeah. You know? Even today. Yeah. Keep the money in the family, maybe. Anyway, on that happy note. um, (laughs) So um, 
so she ends so uh indira is heavily involved in politics like i said she's traveling with her father a lot and she's getting more involved and um she joins the congress party's working committee in 1955 so the congress party they are the um the prominent party mm-hmm. at the time and um after she does that for about four years and she's elected as the party's president so this is this is a big deal that she's the head of the of the party and so her father dies in 1964 and she is appointed to oh gosh see again i'm mess the i'm gonna mess up the pronunciation the rajya sabha which is the upper level of indian parliament and she's named the minister of information and broadcasting so this is like 1964 mm-hmm. in india where we aren't even 20 years past their independence and she's a woman who is like quickly climbing the ranks politically so she's kind of a big fucking deal yeah. Um, and she, and since her dad was so big in politics, she already has a huge legacy. To huge fill. legacy. Did he die in? Was he still in office when he died? Yes. So he dies in office, and then the successor is not her, but is a gentleman named Lal Bahadur Shastri. But he dies just like two years after he's in office, so he's Whoa. barely there. And at this mm. point, this is when Indira ascends to the post of prime minister. And so at this point, I was reading about, like, what other people in politics thought about her at the time. And a lot of people thought that she was going to kind of be easy to manipulate and that they it was suggested that maybe some of her supporters thought, like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, we'll put her there. And we know how to we were friends with her father. We know how to get her to do what we want her to do, that sort of thing. They called her, like, behind her back and and, in in public as well. They called her, like, the dumb doll. Oh, my um, gosh. Which is... Tell me she didn't do that, though. Tell me she just <laughs> fucked them all. <laughs> well, it seems like she did what she wanted. So Yes, that is what I love to hear. So she, this is now 1967. She's in, she's in office. And by 1969, she decides she wants to nationalize the country's banks. And a lot of the elders in the party are like, um, we want to get her out. Like, we don't we don't like what she's doing. But instead, she rallies a new faction of the party with this really populist stance. And so she's very pro-poor and she wants to nationalize a lot of the industries in India. And she really wants to and she has a great message about really helping the poorest population and really helping them rise up now. That all sounds awesome, right? And we're like, mm-hmm. Indira, yeah. let go. Yeah. Um, I think it can be argued whether or not she was successful. So something great that she did, and I want to make sure I give her credit for great things, is that the a lot of the agricultural systems were maybe a little outdated, and there was a lot of hunger, apparently, in northern India. And she steps in and she finds a way. She helps advance that and bring in crops that are easier to grow each year mm-hmm. and really improves the agricultural system, which is really important for for hunger. So she does some things that are really fantastic. But uh, she, at this point, this is 1971, there is a big problem in Pakistan. So East and West Pakistan, there is a huge crisis in that troops from West Pakistan go into Bengali East Pakistan to crush its independence movement. Okay. So this was a lot of the stuff I had to look up and then it was a shame that I didn't know. And this is the beginning of the establishment of an independent Bangladesh. So mm. Indira Gandhi is super supportive of the of an independent Bangladesh. And so they get behind, she gets behind that. And there are, at this point, they said there's like 10 million Pakistani refugees who start to flood into India. And that really, really hurts their resources. 
And so tensions mount because India then offers to support the independence fighters. Mm. Oh. And so... But some, of them, some, but some of them... But they didn't all want to be independent. Some of them wanted to stay part of India. Well, no, no. So this is, so this is where it's confusing. So Pakistan, it's... Pakistan is splitting. So the people oh. on there are people in Pakistan who are saying they want to be separate from Pakistan. Mm-hmm. They want to establish an independent Bangladesh. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's. I'm sorry. It is super confusing. So I'm I hope so I'm making bad this clear. With the history of Would, that region. Um, I'm was, so bad with it. Was Pakistan officially like? broken into East Pakistan and West Pakistan, or are those just, like, terms? That's a great question. I don't know. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Please write in if you know. Yes, exactly. Um, I don't think so. I think that it was just, they were just using that to sort of describe those were the the geographical um, uh, differences. The people who wanted to form Bangladesh were on the East. Yes. Okay. And um, And part of that was religious, was religion too, right? Yes, I believe so. And so what sort of makes things even more difficult is that President Nixon at the time wants the United States to stand by Pakistan, right? And Indira is saying this is about to go to war with Pakistan. And also, apparently, India has signed a, quote, treaty of peace, friendship, and cooperation with the Soviet Union. So things are a little tense between... Uh India and the United States at this time. And apparently, you know how um, you know how Nixon, we have all the recordings from the Oval Office. Right. Yeah. Apparently there's one where Nixon tells Henry Kissinger, he says that she's an old witch. Oh. <laughs> oh. So he's... Really good to peep behind the curtain there. I know. He's, so he's, he's not a fan. Um, a, so, an old witch. An old witch. Maybe wow. we all live to be called oh, the, uh, right. an old witch. Witch. You know, I, I, I <laughs> That's might the dream. I sort of dare to guess that you and I have probably both already been called old witches. Probably. Probably just not maybe what, just not to our faces. If it was you, write it and let us know. Because we <laughs> want to know who, who has bestowed that title on me. Yeah, we haven't exactly. gotten any hateful reviews yet, Aww. like some of our podcasts, but <laughs> I'm sure they're on the Thanks, way. Justin, <laughs> for prompting them. No. I'm, I'm really excited that was to not what to, comes in. If now. someone's listening to this, they're probably not gonna write a hateful review. <laughs> they made it to this point. Probably. That's probably true. Not. We'll say that for Instagram comments. There we go. <laughs> There's plenty of that. Um <laughs> So uh, war begins when Pakistan's air force, they bomb Indian bases on December 3rd. And Indira officially recognizes um, independent Bangladesh on December 6th. Which year? Uh, This is 1971. And then on December 9th, President Nixon sends a U.S. fleet to head for Indian waters. But... Why? But then Pakistan surrenders on December 16th. So... um, Because of of the... Yikes. Yes, it's intense. Is that like a the U.S. Boy, should not have been involved situation? Wasn't too, Nixon like... on Pakistan's side? Exactly. Exactly. Oh. So he so was sending support to them, for they support still, for but they still surrendered. Exactly. Okay. And so following the surrender of Pakistani forces, Gandhi invites the Pakistani president, uh, not, not even going to try it, to the city of Simla for a summit. And they agree to the Simla Agreement, which is agrees to resolve territorial disputes in a peaceful fashion, and it paves the way for recognition of the independent nation of Bangladesh. So this is a big deal for um, Indira, a big deal for India, that the it's been a, you know, the war is concluded, and apparently when it ends, Indira says, I am not a person to be pressured by anybody or any nation. Yes. And I hope that then she, like, stood up and threw the microphone on the ground and walked out. Um, that's yeah. what I imagine happened. That's the, the movie version of it. 
I'm sure there's a bunch of movies about her. Probably. Ah, there must be. Oh, there must be Bollywood movies. So oh, is she? So. Yeah. Are you? Is there more to the story? Oh, there's more. Okay. But don't worry, we're getting probably on both sides. Was she? Of the coin I was just too. gonna ask, like, do, do you know, like, it was her actions at that time? Was mm-hmm. she like, uh, like, uplifted or was she reviled? Like, no, what, no. I think there... she she's uplifted at this point. At this okay. point, I think people are really, um, they're really impressed with her, and she is, as far as my understanding from my research, is that she's respected as an incredible politician, yeah. and also just respected for being a woman stepping into this very young democracy of India and just being like, I'm going to run this massive country and being able to do that fairly successfully. I think she's, but I'm again, please write in if you know something I don't. So this is, so that has happened. I already talked to you about how she had had some sort of some, some advancements in terms of like, um, she nationalizes the banks and she just, she goes out and she really helps improve the agricultural uh, situation. But one thing she also did was she led India into their nuclear age um, with their first mm. uh, detonation of an underground device in 1974. So I'm sure mm. people will have very different opinions on whether oh, yeah. they think that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think a lot um, of the people we've talked about on this show, like 50 years from now, are going to be like, well, they sort of contributed to global warming a yes, lot. And- uh, <laughs> But to be fair, like, every country was doing that. Like, she was keeping Mm -hmm. up with what was happening around the world. Completely. So if they didn't have nuclear power, then they would have... Then you're just... You feel like you're... Fallen behind in world leadership, probably. Which is not... And in danger of just being nuked without being able to strike back. Exactly. So, even though there are some advancements and people really do support her, she's also criticized for having authoritarian tendencies and government corruption. Does she throw a salad fork at an employee? Sorry, too soon. Wait, what What is is a salad fork at an employee? Was an Amy Klobuchar reference? She oh, threw did she throw a salad, salad fork at somebody? <laughs> One of her staffers. What? Yeah. <laughs> Amy, Amy, Amy. Well, it's all over, guys. We don't need to. Yeah, like... no, it's okay. We don't have to worry right. about her. But... She. <laughs> I guess you guys weren't following all the political rumors. Not everything. Not though. that. I missed I was, the salad fork. I was avoiding fork. a lot of Amy Klobuchar stuff. Okay, uh, I can't. Anyway, I can't. anyway, we're talking about India. Okay, all right. Let's go back. Okay, back to India. So in 1975, the um, Allahabad High Court finds her guilty of dishonest election practices, excessive election expenditure, and of using government resources for party purposes. And so at this point, people are saying she needs to be removed as prime minister. And so instead of being removed or really dealing with that, she decides to declare a state of emergency. (laughs) Whoa, okay. Yeah. Holy moly. So at this point... Was there foundation in in those accusations? uh, As far as I can tell, yes. Those accusations are do seem to be accurate, so but wait, I don't know that like for sure. Being super powerful kind of entices you to do wrong things. Exactly, it's crazy, it's right? Weird. weird to stay in power at least. <laughs> so unfortunately, this is a really, really dark moment in India's history and and in her rule. Um, so she imprisons opponents. Press freedoms are limited. People, in, in reading sort of what happened during it, they're saying that, for example, like in a lot of the large press outlets, that they all their electricity was cut off. And so they... Just they like anybody work. who spoke against her? Yes. Everyone's... Um, people are imprisoned. And she even... She really did become an old witch. And even worse, this is the really bad part. There's accusations of forced sterilization. <gasps> so... Ooh. Yeah. So at the time... Whoa population control is a bit it's a big hot button issue and yeah. it's something they're they're worried about and no, so one of her sons one of her sons she's sort of grooming to take over from her 
um, his name's Sanjay, he gets really, really into this. And he's okay, we have to reduce the birth, birth rate. And so during this emergency, when everything's locked down, the government says that they are going to do uh, these sterilizations and there's going to be vasectomies. And to encourage men to do it, they offer incentives such as cash and cooking oil. So this is obviously so the very the, poor the poorest population. People. Exactly. Let's oh make sure the poor God. can't breed anymore. And then they start wow. saying that government workers within their Weber regions around the country, that they won't be paid unless they meet quotas for having sterilized enough people in their region. What? So oh my God. reports start coming out that vasectomies are being performed on boys. Um, and that men are being arrested, and then the people who are arrested are sent to be sterilized. And so people began sleeping in fields oh and trying God. to hide out from this forced sterilization. That is insane. How many people did they get to? Well, this is bad. So according to a 1977 article, this is Time Magazine, um, between April 1976 and January 1977, 7.8 million were sterilized. Holy oh shit. God. Yeah. So that's bad. Against, the, like, more or less against their will, it sounds like? It sounds, well, I think it, I think when it began, it was like, you could come in and say, yes, right. I really need the but cooking oil. But as they didn't oil meet their the quotas, they were like. Yeah, then it was like, I think then it became more of a thing where they were just finding people to, oh to force it on so they would fill these quotas. So you just build the system in a way that forces people to do it, and then you remove the culpability from yourself. Exactly. So fucked up. So at the beginning of 1977, um, this, she's, Indira decides, okay, emergency rule's over. She's been in power this whole time, and now she's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna call for elections." And she Free apparently, and elections? apparently, she Ooh. thinks she's gonna win. Right. I After don't know she why. Seven million. Exactly. Yeah. But she loses. <laughs> That's good. That's probably um, for the best. Thank God, right? And so, depending she's def- on who replaced her, well, she's defeated, and um, like she steps out. I'm not sure how much. I hope it was a lot. So she's. But then this is weird. They, she, they briefly put her in jail in 1978 because of charges of corruption. But then listen to this. Later on that next year, she wins an election back to a lower level of parliament and then in 1980, she's fucking prime minister again. What? Which to me is like, what? you just gave her a timeout. You were like, mm, you sterilized 8 million people. Okay, you need to hang out for like a couple years and then you can come back. I mean, it's not her alone, right? Like this the prime is minister true. doesn't no. like wave the wand and do everything. Like, of course. There's a cabinet. It's the whole there's, party. Like, the whole it's world. true. Everybody. But everyone is still enforcing it. That is it's crazy, Interesting. right? So the story's not quite over yet. So in the early 1980s, she's prime this minister. This is like recent history. It is. This is this recent. Is the last 40 years. How do I not know these things? I know, right? It's upsetting. Um. So in the early 1980s, there's a lot of factions in India that are happening. So in its, um, there's a lot of pressure building. Is particularly the Sikhs in Punjab who are starting to become separatist. And in 1984, she orders the Indian army to confront these Sikh separatists at their golden temple. And it's really awful. There's several hundred people are killed. And um, that's just sort of what is published. And a lot of people say there were probably many more casualties. Mm. So this is the precursor to what happens on October 31st, 1984. Um, Indira Gandhi is outside, and I believe she is... I assumed that she's outside. It seems like she's like in a garden and she's with two of her bodyguards and um, they, sh- they shoot and kill her. The bodyguards and, do? Yes. Whoa. Um, and they're both Sikhs. Kingslayer. Yeah, right? Whoa. And um, she, is, she is killed. She's succeeded by her son, Rajiv. 
And she's probably got all her is same that beliefs. Prime Minister mm-hmm. works. She sets when she becomes prime minister. She makes it. I can't remember what the name is called. It's called like family rule or whatever. But she she wants to set it up so that her, her wow. Son oh, can so take she over. passed Basically, a rule so that he could take over. Yes, as far as my understanding, <laughs> that yes. is. They they helped overthrow. That's like what the, Trump's trying to the do. Royalty, and then they pass it to their. Wow, that's fucked. Yes. That's so fucked. and the, actually, the one thing we didn't that I sort of glossed over was that her first son Sanjay, the one who was really into the sterilization. He actually was killed in a plane crash. And so then she begins grooming her other son, Rajiv, who ends up succeeding her. And so it's so as I was working on her, it was just I, I felt such conflicted and <laughs> conflicting things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no kidding. These are things that we should know. We live in this world. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm embarrassed, Justin. I Hi. like. I. I Me mean, too. Sam, Me I'm too. Like, As I was reading about her, she's one of those today. names I've always known, and I I think I kind of knew she was assassinated, but I didn't know anything about why. I, didn't I straight know. up thought she was like a pure good guy. Right. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> it's so it's it's easy to think that when you hear but she, first female. But it sounds like she something. started that way. It start. It sounds like she started that way, and then she did a couple of good absolute things. Absolute power corrupts. You know, yes. So, and I, that's the thing I kept encountering was everyone was saying her rule is she's characterized by contradiction. So she would sort of call, like, have this big call against poverty and really seem to be supporting the, the downtrodden. And the poor. Yeah, but then would, her actions sometimes didn't mm-hmm. necessarily support that. And she was, you know, so... Well, I've never seen somebody do that before. Yeah, right. Say they want to help the poor and then hurt them. <laughs> Who could In that politics? be? Never. In politics? I can't even be sarcastic about it right now. I know. It is really depressing. It's been a hard Weak dudes. Um, yeah. Um, but also, another thing to note is that her son, Rajiv, who succeeded her as prime minister in 1991, he was also assassinated. So that's sort of a r- sad, tragic wow. end for Is that the her end of the line, or are there, are there more? Well, it w- that was her and her two sons. Her one son died in the plane crash, and then Rajiv died. And none of her sons married and had children. You know, I'm not sure. I didn't, I didn't look into them. That but is very intense... When it was so interesting to look on, like, for example, apparently um, Indira Gandhi and Margaret Thatcher got on very well and were, like, kind of good friends and had spoken very highly of each other, which I thought was interesting. People don't really like her either. Exactly. It was like, (laughs) and I also found, because I was trying to see, I wanted to know what, I want to know what feminists thought of Indira Gandhi. I was like, what do women who are feminists, what do they think about her? Uh And I found this this is so so uh, this woman her name is Ariel Katz and she wrote like a thesis on Margaret Thatcher, Golda Meir and Indira Gandhi's actions and rhetoric regarding feminism feminism and gender during their ascent to power. And I was like, "Oh, you wrote this just for our podcast." Okay, what did this what she say? Well, she just pretty much the only thing that I really came out with and I did not read the whole thesis cuz I'm not reading somebody's thesis right. the entire thing. As much <laughs> yeah. as I love you guys and love this podcast, I'm not reading the whole thesis. Good job, Kat, whoever you are, yes. whoever you are. Good job yeah, with your thesis. Good yes. job on your thesis. Thank I didn't read all of it. Thank <laughs> you for we your gonna, work. We're going to do less. <laughs> but apparently um she was she, the thesis claims that Indira Gandhi was really involved in um organizing women as as she was coming ascending to prime minister so she would try to do a lot of political parties and try to get involved in getting women to be involved in politics but she also never considered herself a feminist and really tried to distance herself from feminism and the thesis suggests that that's because she thought it was radical but i thought everything you were doing and everything you're suggesting to me is like that Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Well, that has to do too with the different, you know, those waves of early waves of feminism were Mm -hmm. were definitely thought to be very radical. Yeah. Whereas now I think that is feminism is a much less radical. Feminism Mm -hmm. is still sort of a curse word for right-minded people. Right. Like right-wing-minded people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. one of the, the, when you're on that side of things, like I know it's happening now, it's a, it's a big point in the movie Bombshell mm. uh, is like the the head of Fox constantly telling these women, like, you're not tumbling into some kind of feminist, are you? Oh, and they're God. like, no, 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 I would never be a feminist. Gosh, what do you think <laughs> of me? And it's all these women, and it's like, what do you mean? Why, why is that? a Okay, I guess it's just part of the mentality. You mm-hmm. have to disown the word because of what it means to the men. It's really interesting because I've been reading a lot more about the different waves of feminism. And it has, they like, feminism really has changed. Like, much like the word broads, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's feminism has really kind of changed. And there's all these different generations of feminism. And they kind of, they, they all are very different. Mm-hmm. Like, right now we're kind of at the end of the fourth wave but like there was a very radical like the bra burning man hating mm-hmm. like that was mm-hmm. what feminists were thought to be especially right. it sounds like during the time of her greatest power mm-hmm. so you wouldn't want as a, as a leader of the you know quote free world mm-hmm. I don't think you would to be want known to be as a man hater yeah that's as, a good point somebody it's really interesting I mean you know maybe in her heart that she you know mm-hmm. she was and she wanted equality but yeah. it sounds like that wasn't one of her primary causes though anyway so it's I, I at the end, I feel I'm so glad that I learned about her, and I think that the, uh, that she is a broad we should know. And I was uh, controversial broad though. Yeah, and I yeah. think I think frequently, maybe I'm just speaking for myself. I think sometimes we tend to go like, oh, if women were in more positions of power, a lot of this stuff wouldn't happen. You know, a lot of the corruption, a lot of sort of things right. that we you know quote unquote bad things. And I think it's important to remember like women are humans. Yeah, <laughs> if you just plug any person into a corrupt system. Exactly. It's probably going to corrupt them yep. on some level. Although she was not, well, I don't know. Should, she wasn't Cersei not, Lannister, but... No, no, no. But, yeah, I think she she did right. some, she did admirable things. She also did some things that are not great. Yeah. Um, but I think she's, I just think, but I'm very interested in her and I'm happy I'm to finally learn about I'm gonna her. I'm going to be doing a lot more reading after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Thank you, Sam. That's yeah. so educational. Sorry to everybody, all my Indian friends. I'm sorry I'm so embarrassingly ill-educated about yeah. Indian history. Oh, my God. Me we're, too. We're I'm trying. Such a... We are. These bit white by kids bit. are trying. Podcast by podcast. Yeah. Pod- week after week. There we by- go. You guys, thanks so much for listening. If you want to support the show, leave us an iTunes review or tell a friend about the show. Tell your sister, tell your mother, tell your brother, tell anybody you run into. And uh, you can always reach out to us on Instagram at Broads You Should Know or email us at broadsyoushouldknow at gmail.com. And we'll be back next week to tell you about another broad that you should know.